0: We um are going to do a song this morning that's got beautiful words. It's a familiar tune. Um, we've had one of our homebound ladies ask us. I know she asked Benny and me to sing it. I know she asked him to sing it. And we tried, but it's really a little bit high-pitched, so we were talking about it in our last music meeting, and Pam and I decided that we could try to do it for her. So they're going to take the recording to Miss Mady Allison and we want to dedicate this to her this morning. Amazing! praise, for it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked my fault and saw my need
1: Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's a very, very meaningful message. Thank you. I want us to turn today to a, a passage of scripture where we uh, last week we talked about uh love and and how it's the foundation of everything well this week we're going to talk again about foundations and talking about the church what what god's doing with it and how he uses us each of us that we're a part of it of what he wants to do so Matthew chapter sixteen reading verses thirteen through twenty it's uh, Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered to him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, For flesh of blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. But I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that Jesus was the Christ. That we've been together now. Heavenly Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for who you are, thankful for what you do in our lives, and, and God, uh, thankful that you use us. Uh, we want to surrender to you this morning for you to do whatever you want with us. Uh, we are your followers, and God, we so desire for you to use us in your plan and your mission. So we surrender to you. As we offer this prayer in the holy name of Christ our Savior, Amen. 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 You know, one of the things that uh, at Conway we're thinking about in these days, and as you know, and you've been praying, you've got a search committee, and so you, when a pastor leaves or retires, you you begin thinking, okay, what's God going to do next? And and then obviously it, it ought to come to the point; it should come to the point. Uh, not just the pastor and who the search committee is going to find, but it, it comes back to, to you, to me. What What's God going to do? Because he's building his church, which is a lot bigger than Conway Baptist Church. He's building his church. And here he's talking to Peter and the other disciples, and he begins by asking them, who do you say that I am? And they answer what other people say, and Jesus' focuses, no, but who do you say? What do you say? And he makes this this really a stunning proclamation of of what he's going to do. And I want to read verse 18 again. I say to you that you're Peter and on this rock, and here's our focus this morning, I will build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. When you... You think about what Jesus Christ is going to do. And, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about fishing. And when he said, I'll make you fishers of men. And uh, and this week, I will build my church. The focus of the actions on Jesus is not on us. It's what he's going to do, how he's going to use us. You know, yesterday morning, or actually Friday near Shal, I was in Lumberton. And some of the houses that were damaged by Hurricane Matthew a year and a half ago. And uh, my assignment yesterday morning, Friday I, I was with the, uh, the site leader, but, but then yesterday morning he sent me out with the team, and uh, they were going to put a hardwood floor in. Well, I've put laminate and different tile, but I had not ever laid the three-quarter inch uh, tongue and groove hardwood floor. So we were out there doing it, and we worked a few minutes, and the guy came up and said something about, well, you know, you're probably real experienced at this. And I said, actually, no, it's the first time I've ever done it. Well, in a in a few hours, it's, it's really honestly, it's not that hard. You know, so when when you start learning how to do it, it's not really that hard. But I I got to thinking, even thinking about the message that God laid on my heart, and then thinking about what we were doing, and I thought, now that that box or those piles of boxes of hardwood are kind of useless until they're put in the hands of someone who knows what to do with them. It's inexpensive, and and. And, and nice thing makes a beautiful floor if you know what to do with it. If you don't know what to do with it, it can look awful. For instance, there was one team they told me about that went and, you know, every piece has got a tongue on it. Well, they, they did, however they did it, they nailed directly through the tongue of every piece. So when you got ready to put the next piece in, guess what? It won't go in. It won't fit. And they did a whole room like that. Which means you just wasted it all of, it's no good anymore. Because you can't, it's nailed down well enough, you can't get the stuff up without tearing it up. So, it's useful in the hands of someone who knows what to do with it. Well, as we think about Conway Baptist Church and this, this part of, of what God's doing and how God's gonna use us and, and Him building His church and it becomes very, very personal. What's God going to do with me, and, and how is he going to use me? And in this one, he talks about building his, his church. Uh, many, many years ago, when I was a student, and we were doing Youth Week at, at my church. God really focused me on this passage back 40 years ago or close to it, that uh, the question of, is God's building his church, which brick's my brick? What, what role do I play? The same in First Corinthians 12, the body of Christ. You know, what role do I play? What's God going to do? And when you think about God building his church, if you use the analogy of, of bricks, you know, bricks are basically mud. That, that's basically what they are. And some things happen, though, before that mud is of any use whatsoever in building anything. I was in Haiti years ago, and one of my friends, Frankie, he watched them making blocks, so concrete blocks, and they had their piles of the different things, and they were putting it together, and they put it in a mold, and they did things to it, and they dried it, and then they were going to build buildings. Now, they they weren't very good blocks, but they talked about the process of of doing it, and if you think about the church and what God's going to do at Conway, Step number one is that we've got to be molded. God's going to take us and mold and shape us into who he wants us to be. In Isaiah chapter 64 verse eight, and this is a a passage and a bigger passage, Israel has not pleased God and God's going to do some things in their life. And in Isaiah chapter 64 verse eight, the prophet writes this, But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. And you are our potter, and we are all the work of your hand. And then in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, similar passage, but it says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So first of all, God's going to take us and mold us. You look at your life, and you look at what's happened to you and how God has molded and, and shaped you. And I'll go back to Frankie watch, watching those, those people making blocks. And, and they had a, just a little simple metal mold, and they shoveled the, the mixture in it, which was mostly dirt. It had a little bit of concrete in it, but not enough to make it that useful for building with. But they put it in that mold. And they pushed it just a a little bit, but then they took the mold off and the stuff stood right there until it dried. So step number one in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ is he's going to mold and to shape you. The events that happen in life, the things that you learn, the experiences you have, the people that God puts around you, God's molding and God's shaping you. One of the things that we talk about in the church these days often is disciple-making, that, that we've been guilty, uh, maybe we've been guilty for hundreds of years, but we, we have in recent years, That, that we, and they'll, they'll make this comment, you've heard it before probably, we'll dunk them and, and drop them, we'll baptize them and forget them. We'll, we'll, we'll push and we're not necessarily as good at it as we think we are, but we'll bring someone to a point of evangelism, of making a, a commitment, but then we focus on somebody else and forget the person who's given their life to Christ. Well, that's not molding and shaping. Jesus Christ is going to mold and shape us. He's put people around you and around me that He's going to use to mold and shape us. In the vine dresser passages in the the Gospel of John, he talks about pruning. Well, God's molding and shaping you, and he's shaping me. So if we're going to be useful to him, we're going to have to be willing to be molded. That hardwood we worked on yesterday, you can't mold it. I mean, it is what it is. You can cut out notches if you've got a pipe or something, but you can't mold it. It's too stiff. God forbid that I'm too stiff for him to mold and shape me. That he can't shape me into the Paul Langston he wants me to be. Or that Conway Baptist Church can't be molded into the church that he wants it to be. Or more specifically... When we want molding, we normally point a finger. You know, this one and that one and the other one, they could be different and it would make things better. Well, uh, one of my friends posted a a political uh, stuff on Facebook and really lamenting last week how many people died in Puerto Rico. 4,000, they say, but we don't, you know, we don't really know. And he was talking about it and somebody, another one of my friends responded and he said, my first response was to agree with you. But then I remembered, and he named a lady that had taught him 60 years ago when he was a boy, and he said, I remember her saying, when you point one finger at somebody else, there are three pointing back at you. And I thought, now, when we're talking about molding and and we're going to point at other people how you need to be changed and you need to be different, I think God is the one who will point back at us and save what... What he said very, very clearly, why would you point at the speck in someone else's eye and not remove the log in your own? You know, that's a molding and and shaping. Uh, I preached a message on this years ago with one of my friends on that that part, on the the speck in your eye, and I made the comment about getting some tweezers to get something out of your friend's eye. Meanwhile, you got a two-by-four sticking out of yours. How silly does that look? Well, when we want Jesus Christ to mold and shape, it starts right here with me. And, it, and for you, it starts right there with you. Whoever you are, God to mold and shape you, and the man, the woman, the student, or the child that he wants you to be. And then when we all do that, guess what? Our church is molded and shaped. It already is. And our country is molded and shaped. If the individuals in it are willing to let God make them who he wants, then he's already got the country shaped because the members of him, of it are shaped. So it's this is not trivial. This is absolutely foundational that I'm the person God wants. And if I'm the person God wants and in a group of people are the people God wants, we've already really won the battle of being changed. So step number one is molding and shaping. But secondly, a good brick is going to be fired. It's going to have some some things done to it that that make it harder. And in in James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3, James says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance. A useful block's going to be fired you know, i i don 't want hard times in my life i mean i don't and i know, and you don 't there aren 't any of us who want we 're not laying down at night when we go to bed and saying, God, I pray that tomorrow is a day that just stretches me to the limit that that 's not what we want what we're praying is, God, make tomorrow a day when everything's just peaceful, everything's good. I always remember the story that I read or heard years ago about the different trees and that oak tree that's on the top of the mountain. And it's buffeted by the winds and the storms and especially those that are isolated, that they're not in the middle of the forest. They're isolated, so they're not protected. And they're swayed. Back and forth by the storms. And what happens through the years is that tree becomes an absolute fortress. The roots sink deep. And the, the, the timbers are, are not tender. Or the wood's not tender. It is strong. Because it's buffeted the storm. It's made it through the storms. And I think about the, those beautiful pear trees that so many of us have. That, that bloom every spring and you get, uh, you get one good wind and they are down in the yard. You know, the flowering pear trees, they're just, they come down like nobody's business. They grow up in a few years and they look beautiful, but they cannot, they absolutely cannot weather. Most of them, not every single tree, but most of them, they can't weather a storm. I had three in my front yard, and they didn't, they got half grown. And we had a storm that I didn't even register on my radar. And I walk out in the yard, and the doggone tree's down. And I look, I really looked at the tree, and I said, "You are you just weren't much of anything," <laughs> because it wasn't even a real storm, and it fell. Well, that mud that you put in a mold to make a brick, you can mold it easily. That's when it's malleable is when it's soft and and pliable. That's when you mold it. But it's still not ready to build. When they fire it and the the moisture and the humidity comes out and and also they'll put it through the process to burn off the, the debris too. But after that, then it's ready to be used. For you and me, when we're brand new believers and we're beginning to learn and we're beginning to grow, and I'm not saying we're useless, I am not saying a new believer's useless, not saying that at all. But the more we're fired and the more we're tested and the more God God makes us strong and God makes us that, that we become that unbreakable person, the more we can bear and bring glory to Him. You know, those, those blocks in Haiti, we saw them making them early in the week. And, and Frankie was watching. He thought it was fun. And they, the way they pressed them is they took a shovel and beat the mold, which isn't much pressing. And he was like, oh, this is easy. I said, it's easy. And that block's worth just about as much pressure as it was under. We went later on that week, and there was a stack of blocks, three or four or five courses high, not many, but they had, had put them up as a ladder almost, and I, we were going to work on the roof of a little hut thing. And and me, I mean, I'm a good-sized person and, and looking for the easy way out. I didn't feel like going to the truck and getting the ladder. And so I walked up. To, I mean, they're right there. They made them to be steps, but these Haitians probably don't weigh 120 pounds and I weigh a whole lot more than that. So I start walking up them, and those blocks just crumbled underneath my feet. And I I didn't really fall that far because I didn't get far up before they, they crumbled. So I walked over to Frankie, and I said, now, you see what those... And these weren't the ones he made, but I said, you see what those blocks are worth that you were making just by beating them in a mold? And then Frankie said, well... I was thinking, because Frankie knows a lot about building a, way more than me. His job is he sets up mobile homes. So putting the, the pillars, he knows all about that stuff. And Frankie said, I've been wondering about that and how they got anything worth using. And he said, you, I would have thought that they would have had a pneumatic device that would have pressed the thing down. And I said, yeah, if they, that's right. If they made good blocks, that's exactly what they do, even in Haiti. But these were some fly-by-nighter people by the road, you know, making stuff to build their own house. Well, if Jesus Christ is building his church, guess what kind of material he wants? He wants the best. He wants the ones, the, the men and women and students... Who have endured the test of time? Who have gone through the fire? Who've gone through the trial? Who are going to be foundation stones that aren't going to crumble as soon as somebody steps on them, but but can withstand the burdens of life? There's a third thing that has to happen, and that is a stone or a brock or a, a person's got to be accessible to God, available. First Corinthians twelve eighteen talking about the members of the body. God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. If God's going to use us to build his church, we've got to be available to him. And if I'm off to myself and I'm off in a corner and if I'm saying no to God, God, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that, then I'm making myself not the person God can use. And he will, he'll use someone. I think about the feeding of the 5,000 and the little lad came up. Well, that story in the beginning or early part of it, it says he knew what he would do. Jesus knew what he was going to do when he was asking for people to be included. And Philip said no. And Andrew brought the boy and the boy gave his lunch. Jesus was going to feed those people He already knew that. He invited the little boy to be a part of it. He invites you and me to be a part of what he's going to do. He already is going to do it. We're not thwarting the plans of God. We're thwarting our participation in it. Now, there's a big difference. Jesus said he's going to build his church. His name is going to be praised. In the passage, talking about... Uh, the the supper. For those who were invited and choose not to come, the master sends his servants out in the streets and says, No, compel them to come. My table will be full. And the people I invited, they're not going to be there. And Malachi that we looked at a, a few weeks ago, when it's talking about giving gifts at the end of that passage, that scripture in chapter 1 God says, my name will be praised among the Gentiles. It's going to happen. One of the worst things that that for me and my personality is I I hate it when things happen around me and I'm not a part of it. I can't stand it. And I I get myself in trouble a lot because there's a lot I don't know how to do and I want to be a part of stuff just because it's happening and want to be in the middle of it. And I'll I'll mess up more things than I'll get right many times. But I want to be in the middle of it. Well, think about when Jesus Christ, His name is being praised on this earth, and He's building His church, and He's raising up a a building, a tabernacle, a, a place that's going to bring Him glory in all of the world. And how in the world would I not want to be a part of that? How in the world would you not want to be a part of that? And instead, often, what, what I'm guilty of doing, and, and maybe you are, I want things to be how I want things to be, and so I'm not willing to be molded. I want things to be easy, just like that day in Haiti, when I don't want to go get the ladder. And so I, I, I miss being hardened and, and changed, like God would have me being hardened and changed. And then there are other times I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God wants. My ways the way I want. And so then I remove myself from God doing what He wants. And what I've done then is chosen by choice to be that glob of mud laying over in a mud puddle somewhere instead of a brick that's molded, fired, and then used by God to build His church. And it's my fault because of my choices. When the infinite creator of the universe has said to me, he said to Paul Langston, and he said to you, I'm going to build my church. And through my church, my name's going to be praised in all of the earth. You want to be a part of it? Do you want me to use you? And all I've really got to do is say, yes, Lord. Emphasis on both of those words. Yes and Lord. He's the Lord. I'm not the Lord. And that's the key right there. So you may be here this morning, and and maybe you've been a member of Conway Baptist Church for decades, or maybe weeks. We can be members of a local church and have told Jesus Christ, no, I don't want you to do the things in my life that will make me useful to you. I don't want to be in that place, and I don't believe you do. And this, that's not throwing stones. I've, I'm the number one culprit you know, right here. It depends on the day. There are some days I'm very malleable and useful to God, and other days I think he would look at me and say, just what I did to that Bradford pear tree. You are just nothing. You're not much of anything. Because the storm came and it blew me over. But Jesus Christ is doing something great, folks. And he's invited you and me to be a part of it. And all we've got to do is say, yes... Lord. So this morning, no matter how long you've been here and how long you've been on the roll and and what position you hold in the church, and I was and thinking about this, I thought, well, you know, one person who's wealthy can can write a big check and somebody can build a building, but that isn't the church of Jesus Christ. That's a, a building. It can be a useful building, but it's a building. What Jesus is saying, he's doing something that is enormously huge and he's building his church that's going to bring glory in all of the earth and he's invited us to join him. This morning, won't you say yes to him and bow before his lordship. Let him mold you. Let him test you and try you and make you a strong building block for him and be surrendered into his hands that he can put you wherever he wants you and use you however he wants to use you. And then let him have the glory. Because, you see, we want to be the capstone that everybody notices. But no matter what all that above-ground stuff that you look at looks like, if the foundation's not good, that other doesn't matter. It's coming down. So you might be in a place that nobody will ever see. But on which everything will be built. It starts with saying yes to the Lord. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning for who you are and thankful, God, for for what you do. You use us and you mold and shape us. And you make us strong. And God, often you put us in places that aren't the places we would choose, but they're the places where you want us. And God, we're surrendering to you this morning to to do anything you want, anything you say. Our lives are yours in your hands. We're surrendering to you as the master builder. And God, we thank you that you would use people like us Uh, We don't want to be that glob of mud that's over, that's that's in the way and dangerous to even step on because you'll slip down. God, we want to be that strong block that you can use in what you're building. So we surrender to you now as we offer this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, our hymn of invitation and commitment is 267. Dear Lord and Father of Mankind, and as we stand together and sing, the altar's open and I'll be at the front, the, the, the front pews are open. But if God's laid on your heart to bow before His mighty hand, to surrender to Him, the step number one is, if you're living for yourself and you're not surrendered to Jesus Christ, then, then you're not His block, you're, you're living for yourself. Step number one is, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then as he molds and shapes. So this morning, as he's laid on your heart the commitment that he gave you, answer him now as we sing. M 267, let's stand together.